Welcome to The Art of Significance with your host, Hall of Fame speaker, New York Times bestselling author, university professor, gold record songwriter, and award-winning athlete, Dan Clark. Get ready for engaging discussions with some of the most influential people in the world who will impart their wisdom, stories, and inspiration on why and how to achieve the level beyond success. Now here's your host, Dan Clark. Welcome. How are you? I hope you're doing well. You know, it's interesting how I uh, volunteer uh, my, my, my new assignment in life. I, I believe it's a calling is to volunteer at the primary children's hospital, the world famous state of the art pediatric hospital. I think the, the finest, the foremost in the world. Um, it's called the primary children's hospital here outside of the campus of the University of Utah, outside of Salt Lake City, Utah. And so I volunteer uh, at least one day a week, sometimes on a Sunday as well as a Monday evening, which is tonight before I fly out on my, uh, on my speaking tour tomorrow. And I had an interesting experience that I want to share Every listener needs to take out a piece of paper right now, if you will, and write down your greatest life challenge, the greatest challenge you've ever had to face in your life. You could call it a tragedy. You could call it a catastrophic event. You could call it a significant emotional event, which really is a positive, I guess, because we never lose. We always learn. But I want you to pull out a piece of paper, even if it's just metaphorically right now, and I want you to think and metaphorically write down on that piece of paper your greatest personal challenge. And then I want you to metaphorically or physically wad that piece of paper up and throw it at the wall. And as you do that, I want you to visualize you sitting in a theater setting an auditorium at the primary children's hospital, and I give every one of the parents, the grandparents, and these sick little children who are battling leukemia and cancer, and some of them are in there waiting for their heart to, to, to receive a heart transplant, or they will die. And visualize this room, usually filled on a Sunday morning for a worship service, with about 60 to 100 people in this small auditorium theater setting. Now visualize this setting and visualize, if you will, that I'm in front of the room and I give each of these people sitting in the auditorium slash theater the same challenge that I just at- issued you. Pull out a piece of paper and write down on that piece of paper your greatest challenge, your toughest obstacle the fiercest thing you've ever had to face in your entire life. I want you to write it on a piece of paper and then I want you to wad that piece of paper up and throw it as hard as you can at the wall behind me in the front of the room. And then I would issue the challenge for each of these sick children and each of these supportive, worried parents and grandparents, faithful. Uh, I would issue a, a challenge to each one in this theater auditorium to get up if they can and walk to the front of the room and pick up a wadded up piece of paper that is not theirs and to immediately open up that piece of paper read 
someone's toughest challenge, someone's toughest obstacle, someone's toughest uh, tribulation and trial, and then answer to each of ourselves, would you trade your toughest trial for that person's toughest trial? Would you trade your supposed tragic, you know, unthinkable uh, challenge with someone else's? And I would bank on the fact that nobody would really trade their challenge with someone else. And like I said, that means that we never lose. We always learn. That means pain is a signal to grow, not to suffer. Once we learn the lesson the pain teaches us, the pain goes away. So in life, there's no mistakes, only lessons. And I love to talk about life lessons on my show Since I've been on the air now for so many months in so many countries with so many people following me, and I encourage all of you to go to danclark.com, my website, join my tribe so you can get free video trainings and, you know, free downloads of some of my books or whatever. We can keep in touch and inspire one another. But I'm so proud to be a host on this influencers channel on voiceamerica.com because I can talk about life lessons and then bring on guests that basically validate the life lesson that I've learned. <clears throat> the one I want to talk about today is being a role model. Now, you think about it. Um, you know, with the tongue-in-cheek and a, a <laughs> sarcastic and almost politically incorrect statement, I was in Las Vegas, Nevada, to roast the famous basketball star and television commentator Charles Barkley and when it came time for my little bit on the program amidst all these superstars you know Tiger Woods is in the audience and Marcus Allen and and uh, you know Austin and the list goes on and on and on and on and on Eric Dickerson I get my chance and I said you know it's an honor to represent all of the Charles Barkley fans in the state of Utah. Now, remember, he was a huge rival to John Stockton and Carl Malone. Huge rival as he played for the Phoenix Suns against the Utah Jazz. Huge rival when he played for the Philadelphia 76ers. And Barkley is awesome. I've played golf with him. But it's a roast, so cut me some slack. So I stood up and said, on behalf of all the fans, the Charles Barkley fans in the entire state of Utah, I'd like to present a check to your educational foundation in the amount of $4.11. Everybody laughed, and I said, and mind you, two of them were anonymous major donors. And I said, Charles gets on TV, and some of you hopefully are old enough to remember that television commercial where Charles Barkley's looking in the camera, and he says, I ain't no role model. I'm not a role model, and I'm I'm not supposed to be a role model. I'm a basketball player. And because we were roasting him, I said, yeah, actually, Charles, you are a role model because you're one of the only guys in the NBA who doesn't have to visit 12 states on Father's Day. (laughs) And if you don't think that's funny, then we got to have a talk because it's a roast. But it leads into my discussion about what is a role model. And one of my greatest mentors, one of my superheroes in my life is retired retired four-star Air Force general by the name of General Hal Hornberg. 
And he was commander of Air Combat Command out of Langley Air Force Base. He was the one responsible for putting together my first 16-day tour to Afghanistan, Iraq, Kuwait, the rest of the areas where combat troops reside. And when I was there in 2005, it changed my life forever. And it was all because General Hornberg believed in me. He believed in my message. And I hung on every one of his words. And I heard him speak, or as we say in the military construct, deliver a brief many, many times to commanders, conferences, and other audiences. And in our personal discussions, General Hornberg said that one time this young colonel, an African-American colonel, came up to General Hornberg and he said, you know, where are the African-American generals? I I want an African-American role model. And that evening, as General Hornberg and I were discussing that question and comment, General Hornberg made a statement that I've never forgotten. He said, why can't a white guy be a role model to an African-American? Why can't an African-American be a role model to a white guy? Why do we have to bring in race and gender? Why do we always have to make a big deal about what they do or what we look like instead of how we think and the core values that we subscribe to? That's why the military has the greatest opportunity of any organization on our planet to eliminate racism and sexism. And I know it's a constant battle, and it is for all of us, but they're so focused on eliminating racism and sexism in the military, especially the United States Air Force, because it's never about who is right. It's about what is right. And for the Air Force, they subscribe every airman. Uh, guardsmen, uh, reservist, and active duty subscribe to the three core values of the United States Air Force, integrity, service before self, and a commitment to excellence in all you do. They're genderless. They're they're, they're raceless, if you can say that. They have nothing to do with anyone's credo or their religious preference or their sexual orientation. They're basically three core values that if we subscribe to and live meticulously by them as our guiding light, as our North Star, we really can become the best human being we can possibly be. And so you can tell I'm adamant about role models and I'm adamant about equality and, and the entire concept of brothers and sister hood in our human race, in our family of humanity. Because of that fact, as a professional speaker for the last 35 years at the Hall of Fame level, I've discovered something so interesting, and it's not controversial. What I've discovered is that a man, most of the time, can only be a role model to a man. But a woman can be a role model to a woman and a man because a woman can get a man to do things that another man can't get another man to do. And so I am such a fan and I've become such a passionate fan of women in business and especially those who rise above accusations of sexism and racism and gender bias and oh, whoa me, it's a glass ceiling that I can't crash through. And when I find a man or a woman who refuses to blame or complain, who refuses to make any excuses and they just rise above 
And in that process of rising above any accusation or any social norm that's trying to drag us down and keep us in this wallowing of, oh, whoa, me, life's not fair, you're not this, you shouldn't say that. When we find someone who rises above because of their integrity, because of their belief system, because of their commitment to core values, I love these people. And sadly, but true, they're harder and harder to come by. One such person is my first guest. And because of who she is and what she believes in, because she's exactly the same off stage as she is on stage, I take great pride in not only being one of her fans, but being one of her friends. And her name is Tiffany Peterson, who epitomizes what I just said, that a man most of the time can only be a role model to a man, but a woman, an extraordinary, sassy, smart, sensitive, unbelievable woman can also be a role model to a woman and a man because of who they are and especially what they represent. So I want to introduce you to my dear friend, my, my, one of my heroes, one of my mentors, Tiffany Peterson, who's a seasoned speaker and international coach. And according to the, 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 the references and the recommendations that others give her, what we say behind Tiffany Peterson's back is that she is guiding individuals, teams, and audiences in creating thriving lives and business results. Before founding her own company, The Lighthouse Principles, Tiffany worked with and for many popular brands like Franklin Covey, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, the world-famous Rich Dad, Poor Dad series, and obviously Jack Canfield, one of my buddies who is the co-creator of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. So as I bring Tiffany on air, just remember that Tiffany has been responsible for achieving sales budgets that range upwards of $40 million in annual revenue. She loves sharing her sales secrets and strategies with others to help them create a sustainable income living their business dreams. And I chuckled, not on purpose, but subconsciously, because I wish so badly that I had another son who was old enough to marry this amazing Tiffany because she's wealthy, (laughs) she's smart, and I deserve someone to take care of me in my old age. Uh, for more information, and we'll get back to this by the end of the show so you have another opportunity, I want you to, 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 to have coach Tiffany Peterson, mentor Tiffany Peterson, uh, offer her services to you to create your ideal life and results. And if you're interested in hiring her as a coach and listening to her as a speaker, joining her tribe, just go to www.tiffany.com, tiffanyspeaks.com. Oh my gosh, I could go on and on. She's probably hung up by now and started to gag, or maybe her head's so big she can't even listen to me on her phone. But regardless, please welcome to my show for the entire show, and we'll be going to a break after we get to know her a little bit. Please welcome to my show, dear, dear friend, and the most beautiful Tiffany Peterson. Oh my goodness. I'm going to kill you. (laughs) You're so good. I love you so much. You know, the saddest thing about being on the inner, being on the radio is that I have the face for interview, as we say, and you have the face for television, so there's already something wrong right out of Oh, gosh. You crack me up. I just love you. It's such a treat to be with you, but my goodness, that kind of a lead up and intro, I'm just giggling. 
Well, you're, oh, you're, you're amazing. So let's well, just talk about Tiffany because I've got I, the one thing that I've never done is discipline myself to stay to my commercial breaks. And this show originates out of Arizona and my amazing sound engineer, he always gives me on my screen here my countdown of when the next break comes. But I've already screwed up everything because I had so much to say about you, my my friend. Let's talk about mm-hmm. Tiffany Peterson. When, when in your life did you, did you figure out that something was broken, which forced you to relentlessly search for the solution? Well, I have a few experiences where I feel like the light bulb kind of went on for me that I was stuck and like couldn't get out of it on my own and needed to search therefore for answers. But what really comes to mind is after my divorce years back was a really painful time of my life. And I was definitely, I'd come from a, a family. My parents had divorced when I was young and, and you know me in my life discipline and like when I make up my mind and I mean, I just thought through that marriage and thought I was making the best decision. And I still think it was the right decision at the time. But I have to tell you that for me, getting divorced was incredibly debilitating on every level. It wasn't just the loss of the relationship. It was the loss of my self-confidence, the loss of did I not make a good decision? Do I not know how to work through skills? I mean, I have rich relationships with so many people of all walks of life. And then you think, what's the problem? I was really in a space at that point of my life where I was, it was pretty dark, truthfully. And the gift, though, of that season of my life is what opened in me. I was broken open. And that's, you know, some of the poets and, you know, whether scripture, Buddhism, Jesus, they talk about having a broken, open heart. And when our hearts are broken open, it's not for pain or punishment, but it's broken open to receive more light and more education, and more awareness. But pain is a great motivator for change, right? When all of us are a little too comfortable, it's like, yeah, that's nice. I'll change that some other time. But when you're in pain, and you've been broken open, you are often in a seeker's position. And when you're in seeker's position, which tends to have surrender and humility with it, then you're a very teachable student. And then you find a lot more light and a lot more healing and answers and so forth. I mean, I don't mean to wax totally poetic. That's just speaking from my heart. I didn't know where we were going or what question you'd ask. So there you have it, my friend. But that really broke me in such a way that it opened me. And one of the gifts of that, if I can just own it, prior to that divorce, truthfully, Dan, I was much more of a judgmental person, much more self-righteous. I definitely judged people that had gone through things and been like, oh, you know, just have some faith or listen to some Tony Robbins and like pull yourself up by your bootstraps. But I found myself at that season of my life, like not like my normal self. And it really brought out such deep, rich compassion as well as some healing for sure that needed to take place. Well, you know, for the record, I've never met your ex, but he must be deaf, dumb and blind. I just had to get that out because, I mean, what, is, what was he thinking? He must have been dropped as a, as a child on his head in the coffee table, and he never recovered because that's just wrong. Uh, yeah, well, he is a good man. I'll say that. And we just both had wounds, and we didn't have skills and tools, really, to navigate some things. And who knows? 
how that would have worked out had we had them, but the reality is that I think it all worked out perfect because of the education that it brought. Okay, so and I would never be the woman I am today that can hold space for so many people in their pain had I not been through my own valley, you know? Yeah. I know yeah. you know that. Yeah, you know, when I tell my story about being paralyzed for 14 months as a result of a football accident, the thing I proudly proclaim at the end is that clearly my accident was one of the best things that ever happened to me. And I don't want people to misunderstand. My accident wasn't one of the best things that happened, but who I became as a man and what I learned about life and time and priorities as a result of going through the setback clearly made me who I am today. So I agree with you. So let's talk that you're you're talking about had you had the tools and the techniques and the strategies and the mindset, there's a really good chance that you could have, you could have basically patched up the pieces of your broken open heart, found all the pieces, put it back together and uh, get old Humpty Dumpty would have been your husband again. But that brings me to the most powerful question. You know, we have these discussions in my family and my circle of friends and even on stage these days. When someone has a bump in their road, when someone hits a tough time and their relationships go south, most of us explain what we're going through by saying, I hit rock bottom. And the new mindset is, no, no one ever hits rock bottom. We hit rock foundation. We hit rock belief mm. system. We hit mm-hmm. how we've been raised. We hit our. We come face to face with our core values. So my question to you, Tiff, is that now that you have these skills, now that you have this this mindset, and you're so solid, and 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 in congruency with who you are, your spirit, your body, your mind, so that others can rely on you and and kind of hold on to you until they can stand on their own two feet. What's the most important tool of all the tools that you're now an expert in that you teach in your courses? What is the single most important tool that you believe all of us need to have in order for us to get back up and go again? Hmm. Man, that's rich, Dan. And it, it's like picking my favorite pair of shoes and you say the one of all the things. But I yeah, truly but famous, my heart of famous for your you're famous for, for milking from all of us, you know, your attitude of gratitude. You know, you have to do, do yeah. a series on gratitude. So it could be Thanksgiving. But then all of a sudden now you talk about unconditional love. Now all of a sudden you talk about, mm-hmm. you know, self-love. Oh, oh, my gosh. Now you're talking mm-hmm. about. So what do you think? What's the starting point? If someone comes to your session and they're in the audience and you and I both know from the stage, we can see who's sad. We can see who's happy. We mm-hmm. can see who's in pain just by looking into their eyes when someone comes to one of your magnificent speeches and they're sitting there what's the most important what's the most frequently mentioned thank you that you receive maybe i'm making the question a little easier now when people come up to you and say oh my gosh tiffany you changed my life and they do so often what principle what what idea have you have you given them? What gift have you given them that allows them to leave your speech different than they were when they arrived? I think it goes twofold. One is it's permission, the permission to dream, permission to choose, the permission to allow themselves to pursue what their heart wants to pursue. As often I'm a permission grantor or space holder for people to unlock that where that they literally are the gardener of their soul or the captain of their fate, their destiny, that they truly, if they choose to, can create. And they're given permission to, as 
so many times humans are in a reactive state versus proactive is they wait to be chosen. They wait to be picked. They wait to be given permission or someone to come along and say, you're worthy and enough versus, I mean, years ago I got asked, I was speaking at an event and after I spoke to this event, this gentleman approached me, he was a vendor there and he does life coaching and he came up to me and he said, I've always wanted to be a speaker. How did you become a speaker? And and I looked at him, and I promised I wasn't being a smarty pants, which you know I can be a little sassy sometimes. I was just forthright with him, and I said, well, because I decided to. And too often as humans, we're waiting for someone else to validate us, to approve us. And so con- in connection with permission is that message as well, is to be, in essence, I know as, as cliche or Hallmark cardi as it might sound, is to be truly your own best friend and your own advocate is I've got to learn as part of what I was sharing before as well as ongoing life work is this balance between, yes, sure, it feels nice when a parent, a friend, a client, a spouse, or someone else says, hey, you're lovely, you're amazing, you're incredible, you're my hero, you are the the love of my life, or you have changed my life, or whatever feedback, which feels good. We all, as humans, we love to be connected to other humans. But sometimes, too often, we put our self-esteem in the hands of someone else or something else, the next achievement, the next award, the next, you know, biggest house or pay grade increase, or if we have this person give us attention or how many likes on my Instagram post, is too often we give away our self-worth to external things. And when we bring that back in, and that's life work, I'm in it all the time, day in and day out but regularly choosing with myself and my higher power in that intimate relationship with self and spirit to be like, I am loved, I am worthy, and I am enough just as I am. I don't always feel that way, Dan, and I don't always believe it, but the truth of the matter is everyone listening to our voice right now, they are loved of a higher power deeply. I know you know that intimately. Mm -hmm. They are loved, they are worthy, they are deserving, but all too often, we peddle our words like small, cheap, you know, coins out to like, hey, are you going to love me? Are you going to approve of me? Are you going to give me enough? Rather than saying, I am enough. I am worthy and deserving. I'm going to choose to do more things to take better care of me, mind, body, heart, spirit. I give myself permission to pursue what's in my heart. Those dreams are given to us from my belief, a divine inheritance in the first place. So in essence, to honor the dream is to honor the deity that gave you the dream. I love so it. So too often, right, we wait for permission or we wait for approval. That, for me, I mean, I just barely feel like I'm unlearning some things that, truthfully, yeah, that's had a massive influence in my life that I had to learn, or I did learn at a young age, that I had to hustle for approval and that my love and being loved was conditional based on my performance. Not from my mother. She's an amazing woman, incredible, most unconditional loving person in the world. But I had to unlearn some of those things as a woman is that my worth is not outside of me. Yeah, and, you know, you, you, you bring up thoughts <clears throat> that I'm sure every one of us have had. And what we have to do is we have to check the source. You know, you know I'm a devout Christian, and I often say, if you want to find out about Jesus stumbling towards the cross, you don't ask Judas Iscariot. You ask mm-hmm. Peter, James, or John, you go to, to Jesus's mother, and you could use that same analogy in any, in any religious tradition. 
And too many of us are seeking validation from the world instead of from people who we agree with. You've heard me say so many times that we become the average of the five people we associate with the most, which means you must be willing to pay any price and travel any distance to associate with extraordinary human Mm -hmm. beings. You can feel I've whipped that off a thousand times. Mm -hmm. But what you've always taught me when I'm around you is to be present in the moment. And that's kind of what you're doing right now on the show, my friend, is you're you're diving a little deeper into what that really means because everybody seems to be saying, oh, be present, be present. And I'm saying, but if your present sucks, then you're going to live in the past or you're going to dream about the future, which means you're non-productive and you're a victim mentality all over again. So one of the things that you're famous for is helping us understand that validation needs to come from those whom we love and respect who also love and respect us instead of getting it from everyone on the on the planet we need to we need to check the source we need to vent who is complaining or who is putting us down and remember with all due respect and in humility a lion never worries about the opinion of a sheep So we need to go to a commercial break, but I want to plant this seed so I don't put you on the hot seat. Mm. So obviously your own company is called The Lighthouse Principles, but you are really respected and well, um, I almost said well endowed, that's a bad word on the radio, but you are well ingrained in the principles taught by Covey, Franklin Covey and the Seven Habits and Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And Jack Canfield with the, with chicken soup. So as we go to a commercial break, Tiff, I want you to just think about the one thing that you want to remind us about that you learned in your experience with Covey and the Seven Habits, and one thing that you learned with your experience working with Rich Dad Poor Dad, and one thing that you learned from our great friend uh, Jack Canfield, co-creator of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. So I'm going to give you a moment as we go to commercial break to just come up with one powerful lesson that you want to teach us from each of your three major experiences that really are the foundation, I believe, for you being able to start your own amazing company called Lighthouse Principles. This is Dan Clark. You're on, we're on voiceamerica.com on the Influencers Channel. Let's go to a commercial break for a moment. My guest is Tef- Tiffany Peterson. Don't go anywhere. We still have half the show left to go. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. If you're an event meeting planner like me, you have two ongoing challenges. You can't afford to have a speaker who bombs. And when you do have an amazing speaker, who in the world do you bring into next year's meeting that will top them? Well, you never have to worry again. Book Dan Clark. Dan Clark is one of the most incredible human beings on the planet. He's been named one of the top 10 speakers in the world. He's known for customizing his speech around your meeting theme. So your people leave with benefits that last a lifetime. Here's the number, 1-800-676-1121. Or just visit danclark.com. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You're listening to The Art of Significance featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop down a line via email to danclark at xmission.com. Now back to the Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. And obviously the title of this, this radio broadcast, which is obviously on uh, available on demand in a podcast format for all of you in the foreign countries and in a different time zone. It's the Art of Significance tagline, Achieving the Level Beyond Success. And everybody wants to know, how did I come up with that title? And I always refer to a short conversation I had with one of my American football teammates. He was drafted in the National Football League in the second round by the Philadelphia Eagles. After two years in the league, he's traded to my Oakland Raiders. And after four years in the National Football League, playing at the highest level as a superstar, one day he walks out of practice, quits never to play again. Why? He loved being a football player, but he hated playing football. He got what he wanted, but he hated what he got. My guest is Tiffany Peterson, who in my experience as as a fan of her, as a a professional speaker, as an international coach, as as someone who, who can take you from where you are to where you need to be, customized presentations, a personalized plan of attack. She's extraordinary. I really believe that what you are famous for, in my mind, Tiff, is the ability to help people realize that success is getting what you think you want, and significance is actually wanting what you get so you don't die with your music still in you. Obviously, those are my words from my book, but that lays the foundation and credibility in my mind of why you and I connected so long ago and we're just dear, dear, dear colleagues and friends. So I want you to take this opportunity, my friend, to answer my question that I, I, I gave you before we went to break. One thing that you want to teach the world that has transformed your personality, your self-love from Seven Habits, one thing you learned from Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and one thing you learned from Jack Canfield and Chicken Soup because you were, mm. played such a major role in building all three of those brands. I hope listeners know the significance of who you are and the background that you bring to the table. Hmm. Well, thank you. And I love this question because I have such fond memories and gratitude for each of those mentors in my life and huge gratitude to you, Dan. Like what you have helped me create massive influence and significance in my own work and in my platform, you were willing to take me in under your wing, and I just honor you and the work that you're doing, so thank you for that. Think about Stephen Covey's work in the classic book. If you've never read the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, 
get it on your must-read list now. I mean, that book was on the New York Times bestseller list for, what, almost 15 years? I mean, forever. And it had so much influence on my life. And if I think about the one thing I learned the most would be habit number one of that material around being proactive versus reactive. We live in a reactive society. We've seen that play out hugely in our politics and scenarios with our governments and this side and that side. We live in very reactivity often, right, between of blaming, complaining, reacting, and so forth. But even just in our day-to-day lives, even if we're not plugged into that political energy at all, it's just that it's about we often we wait to be invited to lunch or we wait for someone to ask us about our business because heaven forbid we proactively reach out and share it because we don't want to be pushy, we don't want to be salesy, we want, you know, so forth. But to be a proactive person means that we more openly, I believe, and consciously choose in to saying, how do I want to show up in my life? That's one of my most potent questions for myself and clients is, how do I want to show up on the planet? How do I want to show up in relationship? How do I want to show up in business? And that we get intentional about how it is that we're showing up. And that we get intentional about the lives we want to choose to more consciously create versus waiting for it, right? Is again, what I was sharing before the break, rather than waiting for someone to come tell you you're enough or that you're deserving of your dreams or that you can go back to school or get the degree or launch the business or write the book or the whatever the thing is, is choosing in proactively to say, this is what I choose to create. To me, that was of massive influence. Number two, from Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I heavily, heavily, gosh, I learned so much about financial education, seeing the difference between assets and liabilities, uh, the cash flow quadrant he's popular for teaching. But I would say central that I learned from him. He's the first person I heard this phrase from. I'm not sure if he's the creator of the phrase, but it's heavily in the work I teach in my own sales training around being in the people business. But I learned the phrase from him or the concept from him where he would say, your network equals your net worth. And that average people look for jobs and rich people build networks. If all of us are in the people business, right? I mean, obviously that's how you and I got connected and the relationship we have You've referred speaking engagements to me. I've referred you to other people for the speaking engagements for them and our connection and our friendship. And you show up at my events. I show up at your events. It's just like we have a rich relationship. And the fact that we generally care for one another and take care of this friendship is of massive value to one another. But to show up that way in business all the time, whether it's the janitor or the CEO, you never know who you're sitting next to. You never know who you're talking to. But that was heavily influenced to me by learning that from Robert's work is that your network equals your net worth is we're all in the people business. So if you're an insurance salesman or you are an essential oil distributor or you're a fellow professional speaker or you're in technology sales or you're in, you know, a private sector, public sector, you're a pastor of a church, all of you are in the relationship business. And so it's choosing to take better care of relationships and similar to tuck into one more of Covey's influence is habit five is seek first to understand before you're understood is that you show up in those networks and in those relationships, one, to add value. And part of the way that you add value to someone is you show up to listen and to understand someone. Feeling understood is like healing balm for the soul. Mm. When someone understands us, I think we crave feeling understood even more than we crave feeling loved, perhaps. 
They're both valid, oh, yeah. of course. But we feel loved. When I show up for you and I'm like, teach me and I listen to you, you feel heard. Feeling heard in any relationship is like oxygen to the relationship. And I earn your trust because you actually yeah. feel like she gets me versus let me just talk at you. Let me understand you. Yeah. You know, right now with our suicide epidemic throughout our, our country, the two major causes of suicide are hopelessness and lack of human connection. And human connection, you're, you're, you're dead on. Human connection is not to be, un, not, not to understand, but to actually believe that you are understood. That's very, very profound. Okay. So your third experience in building your brand, figuring out who you are, what really moves you and how you can teach others came from your affiliation with Jack Canfield. But instead of going mm-hmm. to what you learned from Jack, because he's the co-creator of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, what I want to do is I want to just go to a, another quick commercial break, a two-minute break mm-hmm. with and plant the seed. What I want to hear from you when we come back, Tiffany, is a story about someone who is in your magnificent program, your Lighthouse Principles program, someone whom you've coached, someone whom you've mentored, and I want the hello to goodbye. I want you to be able to express, share, put the humility in your pocket, my dear. I want you to just tell us what happened because what happened to, to one amazing person because they followed the Lighthouse Principles that you teach. Is that a fair, fair assignment? Mm, yes. <laughs> All right. So I'll let you think about a story. Let's just go to one more commercial break here, my friend. And uh, I hope he's listening to me because I didn't text him on my screen as we're supposed to with an engineer as wonderful as he is. But if we go to a commercial break right now, we'll be back in two minutes until the end of the hour with my amazing guest, Tiffany Peterson, seasoned professional speaker, international life coach. And uh, the president and owner, founder of the Lighthouse Principles. Let's see if we go to commercial break. And if we don't, I'm just going to keep asking you the questions. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. I just got out of a meeting where the unbelievable Dan Clark was the keynote speaker. He is clearly the most interesting man in the world. He's been into space. He reminded us to think bigger. He's a primary contributor to those chicken soup books. And he inspired all of us to make our lives matter. He taught us how to deal with change like he had to when he had to recover from a paralyzing football injury. Everybody needs to hear his message on leadership and safety and how he turns last place NFL teams into Super Bowl champions. Call this number. 1-800-676-1121 and visit danclark.com Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. 
You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop Dan a line via email to Clark at xmission.com. Now back to The Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. So welcome back for the remainder of the show. My guest has been Tiffany Peterson. Yeah, most of the time I break up my show with, you know, two or three guests. Tiffany was so extraordinary and hard to get. Uh, So I just honor that you've spent so much time with us. Tiffany, the last question I asked was, what was your influence in the Jack Camfield era of your life? That what what, what one principle did you learn from his majesty that transformed? Mm -hmm. Life, and then I amended that to say, okay, share a story <laughs> about someone who's gone through your program, someone that you've literally coached from hello to goodbye to see what happens when we actually live the principles that we that we learn from you. Yeah, I love that. So I'm going to check in both real quick. Is one of the things I learned from Jack, and I know he is a dear friend of yours as well. He, I loved the concept in his book, The Success Principles. He teaches E plus R equals O which stands for event plus response equals outcome. Really being aware that how we choose, obviously, to respond has so much influence to our outcomes, to our successes, to our lives, or everything, is all of us are going to deal with things. It's just the more being aware we still get to choose how we respond, even in the most sometimes challenging of circumstances. I love that lesson from him. That was massive. I think for me, there's a particular woman that comes to mind just in the moment. I didn't actually prep. I didn't know which one I was going to share. There's a woman from England that went through one of my coaching programs a few years ago. And she's in her early 60s. And she was a part of a network marketing company. I do a lot of coaching in that industry. And she had achieved the next rank in her company, which was like doubling her sales and doubling her income. And that does happen a lot, right? And I do not say that with any sense of arrogance, but a lot of people, if they'll show up and do the work, they will double or triple their sales. But Dan, the thing that like touched my heart, and I might get emotional about that, and it's okay, because the highest compliment I ever get paid isn't about the income and the sales, and that's easy to measure and fun to put on some marketing. But as she sat in that little intimate circle of these clients, and as a like 63, 40-year-old woman said, what I've gotten the most out of this training, yeah, the sales and the income is nice. I like me more than I ever have in my whole life. And for me, whether it's a man, it's a woman, it's a teenager, whatever their age, is being about the work of helping people have greater sense of self-respect, self-love, because they've applied some true principles so they feel better on the inside, not just the outside. The outside looks nice. Incomes up, the this, that, the rank this, the book that, but more so is the inside work, right? To me, that is always the highest compliment I'm ever given is when people say, my self-esteem has changed. I like myself more. I actually have confidence finally after decades. That to me is the payday of the work that I get to do is helping people love themselves more which means they're connected more to their true self, their higher self, their higher power potentially. That inner sense of work is always the highest compliment for me. Okay, so if you and I are trying to teach someone whose second language is English 
English as a second language, and we have to start at the very beginning to teach them how to speak English. The same principles holds true as far as our learning curve. If someone came to you and he or she was just down and out, what would be the most important thing that you could talk about that would be a starting point that would get them you know, to a place where they believed that they could get better, that they could become a better version of themselves. And as the woman said, start liking herself more than she ever has. Where's, what's the beginning point, mm-hmm. Tiffany? Well, this can go really deep, my friend. And since you're going, leaving us there, I will follow. I think that at the beginning, it's, it's understanding that your life has purpose and that you are indeed a spirit having a human experience. And therefore, I believe you lived before this life. You will live beyond this life. That might get real philosophical or religious for some people, but the reality is this understanding that you have infinite worth and value. And I would say we would start with the discernment of discerning truth versus emotion. You may feel down and out. You might feel discouraged. You might feel terrible. You might feel like a failure. But your feelings aren't facts. They're feedback. They're not your truth. The truth is, eternally, you have infinite worth. And so, yes, I can say that. How we start to then tap into it would be through a few habits. My YouTube channel, which is just my name, Tiffany Peterson, there's a three-part video series there called Self-Care Equals Success. And there's three simple habits someone could start just doing those things. But starting to do a few habits where you take better care of your body, mind, heart, spirit. And they are simple, but those things that you start to then reclaim some of the feeling of your worth. The worth is eternal, but we don't always feel the worth, right? It's circumstantially like, Dan, I don't always feel worthy and deserving. I know you don't see me this way, but I don't always feel confident. I feel insecure many times. I feel like, oh my gosh, or the second guessing or the this or that, or that guy didn't call me back for a date or, you know, or I didn't get that contract or whatever might be. Or I've got, you know, hey, oh my goodness, I've actually got a wrinkle now. It's just like, oh my gosh, you know, all the things. I'm human too. And I think what matters though is my worth is eternal, but my own feelings too can fluctuate. And being able to discern that is really important. And sometimes we just forget who we are. And we need a friend to come along and remind us, share that. But then there are certain habits that if you'll apply them, they will help you like any muscle in the body, muscle in the soul, you can strengthen to reclaim some of that worth and to feel more in alignment with the worth. I, I agree. <clears throat> you and I have always had the discussion, it's not enough to practice what we preach. We must preach only what we practice, which mm. means that when someone sits in your audience, when they participate in one of your magnificent courses and you're that vulnerable and you show that you were ordinary before you're extraordinary, I really believe that's where the connection occurs and that's why people listen to you and they follow you and they trust you because they can see that you're a work in progress just like they are and that you refuse to talk about something that you haven't already figured out. That there's so many speakers out there, so many internet gurus who have never done anything. They've never experienced what they talk about and that bothers me to the degree where at some point, we need to start waving our flag and say, you know what? When I die, I don't want to show up with, you know, 
Well, maybe I could compliment you. When you die, this is my this is my take on Tiffany Peterson. When you die, you don't want to show up at the pearly gates with perfect hair and you know, and your fifteen thousand dollar you know mm-hmm. gown. You wanna have some dirt under your fingernails, you wanna have a little peanut butter on your shirt from the, the neighbor kid sandwich that you made in the middle of the afternoon and you know you want to have some grease on your elbows where you had to get down and change a tire you want to make sure that when you show up god knows you really lived that you really Mm -hmm. experienced life that you didn't just stand up there as a pretty as a pretty barbie doll and said you know do this and and that's the ultimate compliment you really do get it you understand so we have two minutes left how can people get a hold of you? How can we find you on the internet? How can we join your tribe? How can we just, you know, stay in touch with you? It's so critically important that we validate that we become the average of the five people we associate with the most, not just in person, belly to belly, but on the net through through interaction with videos, through interaction with, with, with video conferences, whatever yeah. you have to offer, teach us. You can find me on my website is tiffanyspeaks.com. There's several free resources there, a goals training, a self-care training, some sales training. That's a really robust, rich space for added resources that they can access, tiffanyspeaks.com. You can find me on Instagram, Tiff Peterson is my handle. My YouTube channel is just my name, Tiffany Peterson, or Facebook, same thing. So it's just my name. So, yeah, I'd love to stay connected. And, of course, anything that can offer light, value, and connection, I always want to be part of that. So thank you. And again, thank you, my friend, for having me. I just appreciate it. I don't want to attract any any creeper stalkers, but (laughs) if there's a very wealthy, smart, sensitive, spiritual man out there, you know, we've got to make a deal because (laughs) Tiffany deserves the best of life and love. And suddenly at the end of my Mm. show, I turned it into eHarmony. We're going to do that thing. And this is not good, but I know you'll flip me crap over breakfast sometime, but I love you. I honor you. I love it. And I want everybody else in the world to love you and honor you as well. Thanks for being on my show. All right. Thank you, dear one. Appreciate it. This is Dan Clark, voiceamerica.com, the Influencers Channel. You can find me at my own website, danclark.com. And I want you to join my tribe and receive some free gifts, training, check things out. And uh, definitely remember our military and their families in our prayers. And God bless America. Till next week, you have a great one. Thanks for being part of the show. Be sure to join Dan Clark next Monday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time for another edition of The Art of Significance on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Remember, you too can achieve the level beyond success.